from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals postgame edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor. With Chris Rankle, it's presented by Blake, the attorney, Maislin. Not the game I thought we would have. Houston's good. You have to give them credit. I thought Houston would give the Bengals a fight, but the four-game win streak, everything that was going in the Bengals' favor, I thought maybe they'd be able to pull it out and maybe a close win, but hey. It's the NFL. Yeah, I mean, there's the proverbial trap game, right, where you just come off a big game, the win over Buffalo. You got another big game upcoming, closer than you would like on the Thursday against Baltimore. But this team talked all week about, you know, not looking even close to ahead. And I believe them. I think they're really good at that. I think they're fo- good at focusing on the moment. Um, but for whatever reason, and I don't think this was the trap game part of it, but this offense has an issue at the moment that the first drive scripted, maybe even if you can spill into the second drive scripted, is really good. And then it hits a brick wall. And it's hit a brick hit a brick wall against Seattle. Uh, hit a bit of a brick wall against Buffalo. Um, even San Francisco. Now, some of that was the Irv Smith fumble down by the goal line prevented points. So, maybe it wasn't quite the same as these. But they got to figure this out because they can't just keep going. Touchdown, touchdown. Oh, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then suddenly you're behind the eight ball. This was a bad game in so many ways. And they still almost found a way to win it. If you take out the first drive where the Bengals went down over 60 yards for the touchdown, Bengals at halftime had 49 yards. That's not great. Uh, there's a couple things that concern me in this game, and, and they all start with – we'll get to the offense in a second. They start with the defense, yeah. though, here, because C.J. Stroud, his defense has been playing Ben don't break, the yep. red zone turnovers. Stroud went out there and tore them a new one. I mean, 356, a touchdown. He did have the one interception. Only one sack. I think that's most concerning for, for this defense. Yeah, and let's forward. not forget, he fumbled down by the goal line on a fourth down. I mean, they could have gotten more points earlier in the game than what they had. You know, I wrote a piece this week, and shame on me, uh, about how the, you know, this has been all about Joe Burrow's calf and the comeback from the calf, and that's right. why they're, they're succeeding. But it's also been kind of the ascension of the defense. And a lot of that was, hey, creating turnovers, creating key turnovers. You know, some garbage yards against San Francisco made that look ugly. But today, it looked ugly from Jump Street, and it never looked right other than the turnovers, you know. The, the, the turnover that C.J. threw at the end that, that Cam Taylor Britt that got him back in the game was I'm still trying to figure out what they were trying to do there because he's been so good at protecting the ball. But they had a couple other turnovers in the game. A couple other he had a fumble, uh, not just the one we talked about, another one we got hit from behind by Logan Wilson. What could they have scored if those things didn't happen? So um, now I'm confused because I really thought this defense was starting to hit its stride. You got a Pro Bowl caliber guy in Trey Hendrickson. The linebackers have been great. Cam Taylor Britt's been great. But what is missing at the moment on this defense? And uh, again, shame on Mimi for writing about the ascension of it because I really thought they were heading in that direction. Today gives me pause of where are we going with this defense at the moment. What concerns you most about the defense? Because I'm going to point to three things. The sure. fact that C.J. Stroud, hey, he played really well, but they only got one sack yeah. on him. And the fact that he was able to scramble around and create those plays, I think, was the turning point in the game. You have Noah Brown, who, if you remember him at Ohio State, I forgot <laughs> he played at Ohio State because he didn't play very well he at Ohio State. He played much. Seven receptions, 172 yards. Career day for him. Devin Singletary didn't have 200 yards on the season. He had 150 on the ground. So what concerns you most going forward if you're Luana Ramon? I, I think all of it. It, it. You know, They thought that they had cleaned up the big plays in the run game, and they had. And, I mean, Devin didn't have big runs today, but he had but nice he was chunks. But he was effective. Um, you know, the tackling was terrible today. The tackling had been cleaned up. So he thought they had gotten things cleaned. He told us earlier this week he thought they, they had gotten things cleaned up in the run game. He was most concerned of going forward, all right, let's clean up the big plays, the explosive plays in the pass game. And I think that was a focus for 
for them. And obviously, it wasn't enough of a focus because they hit chunk play after chunk play. They'd run those deep, they weren't really bootlegs. They were kind of deep rollouts off of play action, but it gave C.J. Stroud. I mean, I'm not sure I've seen a quarterback take 12-yard drops like he took. They weren't drops. They were rollout drops. And it gave him enough time. He's got enough arm strength to go, all right, now I've got some time. I can scan the field. I don't have a rush in my face. Here comes a deep over for Noah Brown. Here comes a deep over for Tank Dell. Here comes a deep shot to Dalton Schultz. And he kept hitting them time and time again. It was a brilliant design, but you can't keep allowing these big chunk plays in the pass game, and they are doing it, and it's been consistent all season long. Especially the fact that C.J. Stroud, who's playing really well, and I think after today definitely needs to be in the MVP conversation as well as the Rookie of the Year conversation. But you know who else is really good at that? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's starting to hit his stride. Lamar Jackson's been really good. You're going to see that no again question. and again. So you have to figure out a way to, to figure that out. And I know Sam Hubbard wasn't in there today, but you have enough guys. You should be able to at least put a little bit of pressure and on you the You have to wonder if that was a bit of a factor because, again, a lot of this was – was I don't, I don't want to call them bootlegs. Bootlegs are different. It was kind of a deeper right. bootleg play. They kind of moved the pocket Correct. away from him. But you could see he had all kinds of space. He was never going to run it. Um, he, was, he did run for a scramble touchdown, but he's never going to run those. He was trying to buy himself some time deep in the pocket, and then with that great arm of his, make a throw. So it was, you know, 500-plus yards is not good by any standard in the NFL. All right, on the offensive side, as we said, this is the third, fourth straight game I've lost count at this point. The fast starts that Zach Taylor likes to talk about, they go right down, they yeah. score points, and then there's the lull in between, and they kind of put you to sleep, and the game was close. Uh, what is the answer here? Because it seems it's so good when it works, and even there was a point in the third quarter where it looked like the Bengals finally woke up, Burrow had a 20-yard scramble, and all of a sudden they were moving the ball again. It's, I mean, do you need a shot of caffeine on the sideline? <laughs> do you need a, I don't know, an alarm set? I mean, what is it? You need a shot of running game. And I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to go old school and let's line up in the I formation and run it 40 times. What about the Veer? But yeah, or, the, the, or the T, well, the power well, T. I love the Veer. I love the power T. Although Penn State doesn't run as well as everybody thinks they should. But anyway, I, I will tell you this. You can't keep getting second and eight, second and nine, second and sevens, and, and live out off of that to turn into third and sixes because you throw one incompletion. And that was what happened today. And suddenly that pass rush tees off, and they hit Joe nine times. They sacked Joe four times. There were other pressures where Joe scrambled around trying to buy time, couldn't find guys. There were some drops along the way. There was a lot of those things. But you're right, Chris. I mean, I go back to the Seattle game. Those first two drives, it was, okay, Joe's healthy, coming off Arizona. Look where they're going. And it was the red zone defense that saved the day that game. Frisco was more complete, but they also fumbled down by the goal line that cost them some points there. And last week, kind of similar to this week, they just sputtered out. They got to get that figured out. And I don't know how you do it unless you just say, you know what? Chuck the running game. We'll run it eight times, ten times. We're just going to throw it 45 to 50 times now. And maybe that's the route to go. Jamar Chase coming in. He had the back bruise. There was questions if he was going to play. He did play. He led him in receiving 124 yards on five receptions and that long 64-yard touchdown. We were talking before this, like, you know, he had the big stats. He made the big play. But for a while there, you kind of wondered where he was in this offense, and yet he still comes through with a big-time performance. Yeah, I mean, I truly think it was completely, hey, let's get him out there. He's a decoy. We can throw to him a couple times, and we're going to have to a couple of times. And you can tell on one of the receptions, he actually caught it, had a little bit of space. I, again, I'm not blaming him for this. With the back issue, he slid down like a quarterback, like, hey, I'm good. We got the first down. I'm not going to get hit. But then when you needed him the most on a scramble drill, he, he had to accelerate to go catch that ball. It wasn't a hard catch in the end, but 
still with the back issue, he goes, accelerates, and makes that play. And then I think at that point with the game on the line, he's like, all right, I got a ball out. Whatever this pain factor is, I'm going to live with it. And he still goes for over 100 yards in a day when his back is messed up. It's incredible. It just shows how good the guy is. Real quick, T. Higgins held out of this game. Obviously, I thought maybe they would hold Jamar out as well yeah. with the Thursday night game. They obviously didn't. Do you think T's going to be ready to go for Thursday with a quick turnaround? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it is a hamstring. It did occur on, on Wednesday of last week. You would think now that by the time this is, this is eight days away, by the time they would play on Thursday, I'd be alarmed if we don't see him at practice on the day they practice this week. If, it, if it's a limited to a non-participation, that would be alarming. But, yeah, I do think he plays. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals Recap Edition, brought to you by Blake, the Attorney Mazley.